so yep. it's been pretty quiet this week is uh what the pre-show banter well, was right yeah we were just yep we were just talking before we hit record tech wise seems like it's been pretty quiet and uh kevin asked me for an example of that and uh best i could find was uh uh america loves aliens and <laughs> uh I, did, well that's more uh anecdotal from our previous episode right yeah well not the last one but what was the episode 42 41? 42 42 wow i should know these it's gonna better. be a special episode yeah. for me because 42 is hitchhiker's guy of the galaxy special number it had to do with aliens so i thought the convergence was pretty amazing actually oh and that's why the answer to the question is 42 that's right and you know what that actually came up at work today that was really weird very interesting so uh yeah um i always say the answer to the question is 11 i've been watching um roku a lot so we have apple tvs both of us and i i love my apple tv but those things aren't ain't cheap and i have more tvs than i have apple tvs so I have a Roku on one of them. Which version? Uh, it's purple. Does that help? Well, is it a box or is it a plug-in? It's a box. It's, it's not their lower end. It's um, like the mid-range one, I think. And it's... so. But is it, is it like the four? Yeah, I think so. It's a, it's a few years I old, I think though. your bandwidth might be shitty today, by the you way. What? I think your bandwidth might be shitty oh. today. Yeah, it could be. Um... <laughs> It's a good thing we uh, we have a a workaround for that audio wise, but yeah, our YouTube version of this would absolutely suck. Anyway, back to Roku. You're still with me, right, Bob? Oh yeah, I got you. Um, I've been watching History Channel on Roku, which you can do, and I totally expected to have to log in with my mother-in-law's credentials for her Directv, uh, which I totally do. But it did not prompt me, and it just let me watch the TV series called Project Blue Book, which is an alien-related, kind of like part fiction, part uh, nonfiction. But you know what was interesting about that? When it goes to a commercial break, because they have commercial breaks, it gave me an option. It said, option one, Kevin, you have 15 seconds to decide whether or not you will participate in this 30-second interactive commercial or this three-minute non-interactive commercial Go. Wait, did it refer to you as Kevin? It did not refer to me as Kevin. Okay. I was starting to freak out for a second. <laughs> but I found it interesting that, again, data is the, the new oil. It's finding that it's valuable to get me. It's trying to get me to provide interactive feedback versus just, hey, watch this ad for three minutes. It wants actual feedback from me. Well, the interesting thing is, so you're watching, but if it's registering your mother-in-law's account information, would you be giving data as you or data as your mother-in-law? Well, that would be true, but let's take a step back. Normally, I would log in with her account, but on Roku, no login required. Does Roku have a deal with History Channel? Well... This Roku is going on three years old. I don't know if I'm logged in already as myself. Like in the, I can't remember how Roku works. 
you know, maybe I'm signed up as my email, which I think, you know, I think I am. So I think it knows who I am. Yeah, you have to have a Roku okay, account. There you go. So you're signed in somehow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and so it doesn't not... usually sign you in as an app. Okay. So anyway, I just found it interesting that uh, it's asking, like, is this the next generation of advertising where it's like, hey, take the shorter pill here, answer these three questions, or go longer because time sucks, <laughs> you know, and listen to this long form, um, et cetera. So I found that interesting. Well, I think the advertisers get more value from that date. So which did you pick, I guess, is the question first. Uh, all, all dozen times I'm like, no, I see what you're doing there. I am not going to uh, play your game. I'll watch the stupid ad. Well, but you should have played the game just for a, like a research portion, like yeah. to find out what kind of questions they ask. I knew you were going to ask me that, and I'll do that tonight because I'm still working on the series. So uh, I'll do that as homework. Okay. We'll definitely revisit that. But I'm sure that that data collected in those three brief questions is probably super valued, valuable to sell to advertisers. Yeah, it's almost as if building a profile on me would be valuable in influencing maybe, say, who I want to vote for, right? You are listening to The Bob and Kevin Show with Bob Beattybar and Kevin Gisheski. Each week we cover relevant tech and social issues related to technology. Our website is bobandkevin.show. And our episodes can be found virtually on any podcast network. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Just search for Bob and Kevin Show. Hey, Bob, what are we doing today? Hey, Kevin, uh, we're actually going to talk about a documentary that was released not too long ago. It's called The uh, Great Hack, and it is a really deep dive into what happened with Cambridge Analytica and uh, the U.S. election 2016 and uh, the Brexit, but uh, all kinds of interesting stuff in there. I don't want to give too much away right up the top, but uh, we're going to cover that, I think, in depth today. So... I'm Bob from the Bob and Kevin show and that other guy's voice. I'm is. Kevin. All right. So uh, do you want to kick us off or what yeah, do you want to do? So let, basically this episode is a, oh gosh, what a, a reaction show to the great hack, as you said, on Netflix. Uh, so it's available on that. But, but is it a reaction to the documentary or is it more of a reaction to the entire like Cambridge thing? Yes to all of that, I think. So I, I think I think okay. we'll use the great hack as our foil to get us through all of those minefields. Yeah, yeah. So the great hack available right now on Netflix. Uh, it's about a two-hour documentary. Uh, directors Kareem Amer. I'm going to mess these names up. Uh, Jahane new jam gosh uh check imdb please somebody um and uh it's it's a documentary so it's kind of a reality feel and it uh the the players in the documentary are uh somebody named david carroll so david carroll plays professor professor, professor david, david carroll plays himself from the parsons school of design and 
Don't they all play themselves? That's true. A yeah, we can kind of just refactor that. <laughs> they all play themselves. Um, so David Carroll um, is the pro- main protagonist of the documentary. We'll kind of go through who he is. Uh, the, the chief villain of this is going to be uh, Alexander Nix, who is the CEO of uh, Cambridge Analytica. He's got a few henchmen to go along with him. Uh, one of them is Julian Wheatland, uh, the former COO of Cambridge Analytica. There's a few turncoats in this uh, documentary. We'll call them Brittany Kaiser. That's one. And the other one, oh gosh, why can't I find his name? Christopher Wiley. Chris Wiley. That's right. I have thoughts on Chris, but we'll get to him in a bit. I think. Um, there are some other uh, main players. Uh, Carol Cadwallader, who's a journalist, investigative journalist. Um, is she the one who was published in The Guardian? Yes. Is that- yes, that is her. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and there's a list of other people. So, uh, and we can't forget Zuck, our best friend Zuck. Uh, Zuck, uh, go ahead and hit me up on the phone. Uh, you haven't returned my voicemails, but that's cool. I think we're still we're still friends, right? Okay, probably not. Uh, so uh, that's kind of the the cast and the yeah. He's not like Tom from MySpace, right? He doesn't friend everyone on Facebook. No, and I, I kind of take it personal. So I left his. Wasn't that guy's name? Was his name Tom yeah, on MySpace? Totally, it was totally Tom. Yeah. So uh, the <laughs> the gist of the documentary is is Cambridge Analytica is a full service propaganda machine. They influenced elections. And um, eventually some people felt some regret and remorse. And it's the turncoats. And uh, yeah, so I'll throw it over to you, Bob. Where else should we go with this? So a couple thoughts. Um, Just off the top of my head. Um, First, we watched another documentary, uh, the Area 51 one, which we referenced at the beginning of the show with uh, episode 42. Um, but this one, this documentary, the production quality was way, way better. Way better. (laughs) Yes. I was sucked in from the opening, like the cold open of the documentary because the graphics and the way they were integrated was so tight. Um, these directors obviously knew what they were doing. Um, also was able to create some instant, uh, empathy with Dave, Dr. or Professor Carol, the main character, I guess. Yes. Because he was running a class um, about data privacy and data rights. So obviously that's one of the course curriculums that he specializes in at his university. Um, So I was instantly sucked in by all that. Also, side note, do you have whiteboard walls in your new place? Uh, I do not. Should I? I I think whiteboard walls are awesome. I kind of wanted one instantly when I was watching the beginning. <laughs> I think we're gonna do some chalkboard walls in the basement for the kids, uh, but I don't have any. Very cool. Don't have any yet? I think um, whiteboard walls would actually be easier on the rest of your stuff because chalk makes a lot. Of it stuff. does because we had chalkboard walls at the last house, and I totally agree. Anyway, I digress. But anyway, whiteboard walls for the win. Um, Things that struck me that I didn't necessarily remember from when this was all coming to light in the media is things like Project Alamo and a million dollars a day in Facebook ads. Like, I I was watching a lot of this and reflecting back 
on my thoughts during the lead up to the 2016 elections. And, uh, you know, just a lot of mind blowing revelations when I was watching the documentary, you know, like the polling that was going on versus what obviously Cambridge Analytica knew what was going to happen in their data. So to, to help the listener a little bit, in case you don't know a lot about the Cambridge Analytica scandal, uh, there's actually a, um, a Wikipedia article on it, and I'll just read the the very loose bits of it here. It's a major political scandal. 2018 it revealed that Cambridge Analytical had harvested personal data of millions of people's of Facebook profiles without their consent and used it for political advertising purposes. Bob, let me ask you real quick: Is that illegal in America? Apparently, it's not illegal at all anywhere. It is in the UK, which takes me to my f- it. it w- it wasn't when it happened, it though. It was, be- and fact checkers can hit me on this, because they actually had to run Cambridge Analytica out of a different country. You want to guess what country it was? Trinidad and Tobago? <laughs> no. Uh, ca- oh, no, because they didn't admit to being involved with Cambridge. They're still investigating uh, that. That's so the the... I read somewhere, somewhere I'm, I'm frantically looking for it on Wikipedia, that they actually had to do this out of the United States. So um, it was actually apparently done here in America. But the Professor Carroll had to sue to get his data back out of the UK. Yeah, that does make it weird because that was his story thread right so he had to go to the uk as an american and sue cambridge analytica for one particular well because that's where the that's where the parent company was. yeah and that parent company is called scl group strategic communication laboratories but he had to use a british court in order to sue them and he wanted one one basically um, restitution of one form and that was do you remember bob he just wanted his data. He wanted to see what they that's had right. on him. That's right. And man, that's exactly what I would want. Just, you know, I don't want any money. I just want to see what you got on me. I want to see the secret sauce. And during the doc spoiler spoiler alert, he still doesn't have it. <laughs> yeah, spoiler alert. If you don't want if you haven't watched it and you plan to, you might want to pause right now. We need a we need like a drop-in spoiler alert for the Bob and Kevin show. It would be Screw that. It's all over the news that he still hasn't <laughs> okay. gotten it. So, so anyway, um, I'll have to, I'll have to uh, follow back up on that. So uh, Cambridge Analytica was actually created. I thought I thought one of the whole things was one of the, the big conclusions and one of the things that the Carol, the author or the investigative journalist is trying to say is that, you know, we don't have there's no guarantee of a free and fair election anymore because of what's going on. So it's obviously not necessarily against the law because everything that I keep reading is that Cambridge admits that they had ethical, you know, they, they, they broke some ethics, right? They were ethically questionable, but nothing of legal except for the fact that they admitted that they were guilty of not fulfilling the magister's order or whatever it was to give, Dave Carroll, his data. Yeah, exactly. Um, So ethically, you know, you don't go to jail for having bad ethics, right? You just get rich and 
and become the villain of the week. Um, so the big implication here is there are organizations that take people's money and influence elections directly. Well, I don't know if I can say it directly. Highly indirectly, if that's a thing. Are you talking about lobbyists? <laughs> no, but them, them too. Oh. Um, but before Cambridge Analytica worked for the Trump campaign, do you recall who Cambridge Analytica basically um, got their practice with? What politician in America? Uh, well, actually, their proof of the pudding for the Trump campaign was getting Cruz right up to the final battle between him and Trump. Exactly. So Ted Cruz spends millions of dollars to basically get down to number one versus number two. And I don't know, maybe it's because Cambridge Analytica was selling guns, so to speak, air quotes, to both sides. And they were going to win no matter what they mean in Cambridge Analytica. And sure enough, the Trump campaign, you know, <laughs> you know, threw some money their way and it appears at least on the on the surface here that because of using Cambridge Analytica we now have president Donald J Trump, right? Well, let's let's talk a little bit about some of their methodologies that led up to that though. Basically, it started by you know putting I think they worked with some Cambridge University professors to come up with the data collection idea of those personality tests. So there were personality test apps flooding Facebook. And the way that it worked at the time, and I'm putting at the time in air quotes because there's no guarantee that it still doesn't work this way. People who participated in those personality tests unknowingly opened up data points on all the people that they were friends with just by simply integrating or interacting with those personality tests. And that's how they were able to collect 5,000 data points on every American voter. Yeah, and, well, yeah, you know, they said in the, uh, in the documentary they had it on every voter, but that's not true, right? Because Cambridge Analytica only said they only had 30 million people, and Facebook later said, no, they actually have 87 million but there's more than 87 million voters, right? It's it's just the swing state people. Mm, I don't know. It depends on what the turnout number That's is. True. 87 million is a pretty good percentage of 200, or what are we? We're 300 million plus now. And 300 million people is population, not voting population. Correct. So 80, 87 mil is a pretty, pretty significant number. But also, you know, they weren't really targeting all voters. They were finding what did they call them. They called them the persuadables. That's what they called them. They were looking for the persuadables. So people that through their personality testing, through their analysis, through all their data points, people that they determined that they could shift their behavior. I mean, all this just is... So they used this practice ground with Ted Cruz, but they actually used practice grounds in other small governments all around the world. Yeah, Trinidad and Tobago was like their like bragging rights, right? Because they're like, yeah, we influenced that election. Isn't that pretty much what they said? And the way they influenced it, though, was they... So their techniques are so wide and varied. The technique that they used there was to get voters not to turn out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so they identified a group of voters that they could persuade to not vote, which basically gave the election to the other and side. doesn't that seem really stupid? Hey... 
let's convince them not to turn out and then they don't show up. I mean, what voter goes, yeah, let's just not vote. Well, they used a campaign to, so in the documentary, they talked about that they targeted specifically the apathetic youth to make sure that they did not go out to vote. And so they made it seem fashionable to be anti-government um, and uh, all that, you know, to, so they basically just played to their, to their want to not vote and capitalized on that. Okay. And that's just crazy. So, you know, <laughs> it worked apparently. And it, it shows the greater picture, right? That humans are easily manipulated. And I think one thing they showed in the documentary was, is Facebook is an enabler of, uh, I guess, uh, pulling the wool over or bamboozling people because what they do is they create a reality for each individual user. Here's your reality. Here's your advertisement. Here's the Truman Show starring you. Okay, see, this is where I start to have some issues with the finger pointing at this point. Uh, And this might be a symptom of evolution of technology, but really, at the heart of it, first of all, huge disclaimer, not siding with the way the Cambridge Analytica allegedly operated, the way that they were successful, all that good stuff. Not going there. But given that, isn't that the way elections have worked since the dawn of time? Yes, you're 100% right. I think what's new is this is like the Gutenberg press of the 21st century, right? So when the Gutenberg press was invented, it revolutionized communication. Well, I think social media is the Gutenberg press of, of our time. So we've, we've been down this road with information, but we've never been down this road with distribution of information in this way. What do you think? No, I think that's, you're a hundred percent right there. But another issue that I start to have is that I'm afraid that, well, we can go back to whether Cambridge Analytica can, can, can continue to happen without Cambridge Analytica being around, but I'm afraid that some of the lessons that we all learned from their tactics, not their techniques, but their tactics, or not their strategies, but their tactics, our mainstream media has adopted those to basically do the same thing to us just without Facebook. Yeah, in fact, uh, so Cambridge Analytica is now defunct. Um, they, for lack of a better term, got rid of their CEO. They fired him, sacked him. If you're well, they had to, they dissolved bankruptcy. The whole yeah. Nine so yards. hey, let's just go away. But I just sent you a link. It's called Data Propria, Propria, something like that. It's yeah, Propria. Basically, some of the remnants of Cambridge Analytica staff just created a company under a different name. Is what it looks like to me, and. It's, <laughs> I, I, I know of some companies who got enough bad PR that they literally just changed names. So rather than just change names, they dissolved Cambridge Analytica. You know, financially, they're off the hook for whatever. Now they've just reformed as a different company. Of course, Alexander Nix is not with this new group. Um, but <laughs> well, because he'd be toxic at that point. So <laughs> they can, they can pull up, they can pull the key players together and replicate the strategies and tactics. Just with a well, different name, guaranteed. I don't know if I don't know if he makes it any worse because there. This is a propaganda machine. So no matter who's working there and what they're doing, this is like this is like sleeping with the enemy right here. This is just like 
dirty, dirty. But dirty. they're repeating the same thing. Look, the the guy that ran the 2016 presidential campaign for Donald Trump is his 2020 campaign manager. The um the people like their the data propria that you just posted they're working with the 2020 presidential campaign well, that's what they're going to do the exact same thing again exactly so i don't think any of us are or at least you and i are and the listener we have smart listeners are naive enough to think that this won't continue to happen and in 10 heck maybe even two or three years it won't be even more uh weaponized and Brittany kaiser one of the characters, the turncoats, if you will. A uh, little backstory on her. She was the director of something or other at Cambridge Analytica. She uh, was, you know, part of the problem. She was the director of new business. There you go. And she, at some point, had a attack of conscience, as they say. And she decided that, you know, this, this was a problem here. But... Well, her backstory was incredible, though. Like she was this super liberal 14 year old working on campaigns, you know, from the time she was 14. And then basically the, as she grew older, those campaigns weren't really willing to pay her and her family came on some really hard times. And she ended up going to the, you know, the other side <laughs> they because paid. they paid her. Do you want to go ahead and name one of those campaigns? Uh, which that, that break- one of the, campaigns that she worked on when she was 14 uh prior to cambridge analytica the the big juicy campaign that she worked for well she was on the obama campaign exactly. wasn't she? so the reason i bring that up is i, I read a, a an article that kind of reviewed it was very you know pointed out how the documentary was very one-sided leftist yada 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 you know didn't didn't mention a whole lot about you know, how Obama did the same thing and blah, blah, blah. So, well, they set it up with that for sure. They definitely talked about it. Um, but it is interesting that this probably is not limited to any one group. Like, so in, in the UK, it was Brexit, kind of the leave that uh, EU or whatever the domain was. And I, I'm leave, leave dot EU. I'm yeah. certain here in America, it's not just Republicans you know, getting their hands on this greasy information and using it for uh, their evil bidding, right? No, it's it's highest bidder. And their technique is basically to provide stimulation on both sides of an argument and to, to actually illuminate where the gray areas are, where the persuadables can be found. So data propria... Uh, I went to their website. I'm on it right now, in fact. It's very Spartan. Almost nothing on it. However, they do have job listings. And do you want to take a guess on what what's their uh, need right now, Bob? Oh, probably uh, like data scientists and uh, mathematicians and psychologists. Damn, you're good. Uh, they have four job postings right now. Data insight analyst, data scientist, behavioral scientist, research analyst. And if you look at the qualifications they want, they basically want ton, a shit ton of database uh, work. Uh, they want experience using uh, visualization tools like Tableau, Looker, Periscope. Um, they want uh, basically programmer type stuff. They want Python, HTML, regex. So this just reeks of we're gonna we're gonna grab data and stockpile it, right? Well, they've got to grab it and then they've got to model it because 
what they can do with that data is they don't have to have a picture of, you know, what Bob looks like or what Kevin looks like. They need to prototype our personality and be able to figure out the five to 10 people that are exactly like us. So then they can use that for influence. Which, which takes me back to an earlier episode. I don't have the number off the top of my head, but basically I was trying to put you in a box. I'm like, hey, what if I collect data on you? Hey, what if you come to me and say, stop that? And I say, fuck off. And, <laughs> you know, all these sorts of things. This is this is happening in real life where people are amassing data on you. And Facebook's the biggest one because they're amassing data on you and I or, well, everyone, whether or not you're on Facebook or not. And so it gets weird because we have full-time employees trying to make sense of data points and making determinations and delivering content. And in the case of Facebook and a lot of websites that use third-party cookies and all that, they could be delivering stuff to you that's shaping your life in subtle subliminal ways that could be potentially unhealthy. You know, the classic example is, is a woman who just has a miscarriage and uh, they they determined the woman was pregnant, but they didn't they didn't get the miscarriage part, and they're just showing baby pictures, baby clothes, and you know things like that. You know that right, but because that mother or that woman is going to react to that, then they collect additional data. If there's a bunch of sad crying, you know, or angry emojis that are attached to that from that user, they'll tailor that content based on that input for sure. And it's super slimy, but it's not illegal, which means, you know, let me ask you this, Bob, do we need laws to protect or give people more rights here in the United States with their data data points? And I'll qualify that to say, if you you collect data on me, should I have any say whatsoever about whether or not you can actually do that and whether or not I can have access to it? Well, without a doubt, we need something. And I think we're because we're never going to be able to unwind what's already been done. Like unless there's a giant class action suit with reparations that are able to be determined. But I think that leads to where we probably should be going is from the ability for us to self-monetize our data. So we can opt in to have our data collected, but it's going to come with a fee. Okay. Uh, let's walk through that model real quick because I see a huge glaring loophole in that. Bob, I want to give you $10 per month so that I can collect your data on you. Sound good? You want to sign up? No, I don't think that's going to be right. the, I don't think What's, that would be, it would have to be a much higher. Data has, like one of the things that I laughed about when I heard it in the documentary, Brittany actually said this, that data has surpassed oil and value. Agreed. So we have to set a very high value on our data because it's very valuable to the people who are right. using it. Let's, let's, so it's not $10 a month. Let's play along. Uh, pick a number. Bobby, you tell me. I, 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 I've become more and more of an Andrew Yang fan over the last, um, I don't know, three, four okay. months. And I believe that we can, we can marry an Andrew Yang concept with my idea of this self-monetizing data model where that $1,000 a month that gives you somewhat of a, a starting point for a livable wage, okay. that's basically, that's what you're compensated for your data because it's all tied to the economy too. All right, so let's just go with $1,000. So Facebook pays you $1,000, but Facebook then turns around and sells your data to somebody else for 10000 And to... 
Yeah. So then I think it's like a royalty when you're an artist that has, you know, like music or something like that. They, they're going to pay you. So Facebook is going to be the original holder of your data. They have to pay you, compensate you the thousand dollars or they create some kind of like big tech consortium and the big tech consortium pays you a thousand dollars a month. And then if that every time that data is transacted, the subscribers or the employees who are getting paid for their data get a royalty off that sale commission. All right. So that we have this big database and then it gets hacked. It is now on the dark web, air quotes. And now Cambridge Analytica part two comes along and says, well, we've got the hacked database and we're just going to use this data. Try to stop me. How do we stop them? Well, you're probably not going to stop them, but what you're going to do is there's going to be a penalty to the consortium that is extremely prohibitive, not $5 billion. It's going to be like massive payouts. The only way to stop this is to really hurt the data miners and the data sellers so that they protect that data. All right. The, the $5 billion fine we levied against Facebook was not good enough. We're going to make it $100 billion. Facebook goes out of business, your data is still in the dark web, and, that, and now you don't get your $1,000. Now what? Well, that gets paid. Well, that's why it's a consortium. It's not just Facebook. Uh, Google's in this too. Amazon's in this too. They're all making money off of this, this gelatinous, amorphous you know, database. They're all sharing it, So I, and they're all benefiting from it. So I appreciate you playing along and at least guessing or coming up with a model, but I don't know that it works that way very nicely for my for me at least it works a hell of a lot better we have now and plus with that becomes you have automatic data portability you're not you don't have to sue the company in another land to get a copy of what they have on all right like that's part of the whole like human rights data rights are the new human rights everyone should own their data they're the ones who generate so do you have to play along what if you're like no i don't want the thousand dollars i'm good i'm donald trump I don't need your money. Just like Rush Limbaugh says, why should we have to, ha you know, why should I have to uh, pay for your free health care? I'm rich enough where I can afford it. So, so then he can opt in to have his data tracked. That's well, fine. No, no. I'm saying he doesn't want it tracked. He's like, no, 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 I don't need it tracked. But does that mean you can't use Facebook? So do we create a class system that says, well, you've got the opters in who are part of this social welfare program, and we've got the rich class who don't have to sell their privacy, because that's essentially what you're doing. You're just selling your privacy. And then we create this, well, the rich people can be private, and the, and the middle class and below don't have to be. No, there's no opt-out clause. The data's already out there. So you either you either opt into getting paid for it or you still continue to use the platform for free and your data gets harvested. See, I would I would push back on that because there's there's no they, they, see this is where it gets really naive. There's no option to not be tracked. Um there's no well, option. We we can't go I, back. I get that once we you cannot once go you back. create data points, they're out there. But I also think that if we have a law that says you cannot profit off any of this, um, that that's a showstopper for Facebook. It's basically the, the Facebook killer. Hey, Facebook. Yeah, but no, Facebook can say in any sh way, shape, or form that they don't profit off of it. They can say, we use the data to provide a better user experience and provide content that's more relevant. They're still going to have the All data. All right. So I would say the law that I'm thinking of, not only can you not profit on it, you also can't do the shady shit that you're talking about, which is kind of wink and a nod and say, oh, we're not really doing that. 
How do you stop it? Regulate it just like anything else. I mean, the European Union can come up with GDPR and things like that. And here in America, we look at Facebook. European Union can come up with GDPR, but Brexit still happened. Well, <laughs> it's the UK leaving the EU, right? It's it's not the other way around. It's not like the EU kicked out the UK. Right. But while that was going on, they were still, uh, the UK was still practicing within the GDPR regulations. So I would make it illegal to sell and trade digital data without the user's consent. And what's considered a sale? Or transfer. <laughs> Not even. What's considered, a, what's considered a sale? If I'm an advertiser on your platform and I want to target males 18 to 25, is that selling data? Um, so, of course, you're going to, you know, somebody's going to wiggle and say, oh, this is uh, anonymous data. Well, no, it's not because you found what user to, to give an impression to. So, I mean, I would go full nuclear. But, but advertisers have been doing this since the beginning of time. They collect subscriber data and then they know what their subscribers look like to sell ads in their publications, newspapers, Ju magazines, junk mailers, television, now yep. the internet. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm with you. Um, but I also think that I don't want to give up and just say, all right, give me $1,000, do what you want with me. I mean, it's... This is going to sound really like, is that the same thing? What if I sold, if I said, all right, here's, here's a, th give me a thousand dollars. You can, uh, do what you want with my body. You know, it's like, well, no, I, I don't want to be violated like this. Yeah. But your body's not already possessed. <laughs> That's the problem. You can't go back. I'm they already have, they already have your avatar. They've already built it. I, and that was actually one of the questions that I had written down. If they put a stop to all this today, isn't it already too late? Because your avatar isn't just you. Your avatar represents a bunch of different I don't know. People. Just because we already had, you know, in, in the early years of America, because we had slavery, should we just accept it? No. We need to, we need to reject things that are wrong. No, but if... <laughs> We do need to reject things that are wrong, but we can't unwind. We can't put this toothpaste right. back in the tube. <laughs> Pick cliche. We can't unring the bell. I, I, I get what you're saying, but I'm also saying if we make it illegal to profit off people's retargeting and stuff, uh, what I, I'm, I'm being very like, holy crap, Kevin, you're proposing that. I'm saying we outlaw retargeting. We out digital retargeting. We outlaw third party cookies. We outlaw building profiles without somebody knowing. And if you say, well, they already do it, I don't care. That means if you're, if you're found in possession of it, not only will you be fined, the, the sea brass will go to jail. We, you have to send people to jail because they're so rich right now that $5 billion, <laughs> that's no big deal. So, so what I'm saying is you have to, $5 billion fine is nothing. We need jail time for people like Zuckerberg. Yeah, yeah Mark, I'm suggesting you should go to jail. Sorry. They can't even show that harm was done because of all the layers of bullshit. Well, so well, how do you... Step one is we need laws. I think right now the problem is we just don't have the laws. There's nothing illegal about it. So what we have to do is make it illegal. That's step one. But what, but what is it that we're making illegal? 
um, surveilling people without their consent. We already have that in a lot of places. You can't wiretap as law enforcement. As a private uh, entity, a lot of states have, you can't record a conversation unless you're a party to it. Those are on the books right now enforceable. We need to have the same sort of thing. So they would have to rewrite their terms of service, lock down the entire service until everyone read or opted back into a terms of service that says that we won't do blah, blah, Bob, blah. you make it sound like Facebook is too big to fail. <laughs> I don't care if Facebook fails. No, I'm just, I'm, I'm just trying to like walk through the steps of the reality of like yes. what you're proposing. I'm saying step one, we make it illegal to surveil people just because they're on the internet without them knowing. Okay, what, how do you define surveil? Any sort of data collection against uh, without their knowledge i i sign up for facebook and i have to put my age in and my gender you better in consent first as part of the sign up process you better consent well but what if what if the consent is implied because you filled it in that's where the laws suck and that's where i'm getting at we need to be very clear on what the the statute is create you know we need to catch up even if that means well, and and you may say, well, let's grandfather in Facebook because they've already been doing this. Let's let's go easy on them. I would say no. Well, let's not let's not let Google off the hook, and let's not let Apple off the hook, and let's not let I mean Amazon off the hook. They're all collecting different different views, different angles on our three dimensional avatars. That, They're all that, doing that's hundred percent true, hundred percent fair, and I think it should apply to anyone. Between Google, Facebook, Apple, and Amazon, every minute of every day, there's a pin and a map for each and every one of them. Yeah, so the, essentially what we're trying to regulate is data porn. It, and because this data is super valuable, and it's this is like somebody taking pictures of me with, or let's, let's <laughs> who would want pictures of me? Someone very beautiful <laughs> taking pictures of them and selling them without their knowledge. At some point, there's, there's well, got to be boundaries, right? But if we went back and each one of us as mature adults that are supposed to be tech savvy and advocating for our own data privacy, if we went back and read the terms and conditions of the apps that we use today, we would probably vomit. 100% agree. But again, there's no laws that would compel any of the big tech companies. So I think that is step one. Let's get some laws on the but books. But the law probably already says that they have to disclose in the terms and conditions how they will be utilizing the data. And because the terms and conditions are so verbose, nobody reads them and everyone agrees to them. Okay. Um, most of the time you have that big long thing for click wrap. So basically I've installed software, terms of service, check the box, got it. However, if I just casually go to Google and hit search and I, I have minimalistic um, interaction with the site, I would say that's where the law needs to change. Because I I personally hate the because you use this site, you've agreed to our terms of service. I hate that. I think that's wrong. I think you need to say, no, here's what we do and why we do it before you use our site, not just this implicit, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we basically own you from this point forward. I don't like that. I don't think... If anyone sits down and thinks about it, they're going to say that they like it. It's just that I still don't. I still don't see how it gets unwound. I, I hear because a lot of people come at this and go, "Well, how do you think we have Google, Kevin? It's because they can do this. You know, their data enables you know this to you." But I also would argue that they have such a monopoly on these data collection. The monopoly being of the of 
the top four or five companies that they can they can influence the laws or make sure that they don't get implemented because they're so rich now, the lobbyists. You were talking about lobbyists earlier. So I think we're in a very bad, bad spot. And well let's go back to let's go back to legislation for okay. a second. Do you do you remember the spot in the documentary where Brittany was actually jotting down questions to send to a senator to ask of Mark at the yes. hearing. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> uh, it was great, but I also, part of my soul died a little bit because she probably would have been asked to do that even if she was still with Cambridge. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like someone like her. So, you know, how can how can a bunch of old white guys legislate against something that they have no understanding of? Um. Yeah, uh, I I hear you. That's why the system's broke. <laughs> and and then layer on top those you know lobbyists that we've been talking about, and big tech has so much money that they, I mean they could basically make they can make governments in small countries disappear. That's how much influence and money. They so, have. and I'm not trying to like belittle or mock your position, but is your position if you can't beat them, join them? No. My position is, is if you can't beat them, make them fucking pay for it. Yeah, but so a thousand dollars sounds juicy, but if you're middle cl- upper middle class wealthy, a thousand dollars is a is a joke, right? Yeah, but when you take a thousand dollars and multiply it times eighty seven million, that's a pretty big fucking but number. Doesn't that just mean inflation comes, and then now your thousand dollars doesn't mean shit? Right, but that's where it's going to hurt everybody enough to make the change. Ugh. So if Facebook has to pay everybody $1,000, and we're singling Facebook out, but I think it's a consortium effort. But if Facebook, out of their own pocket, is paying each one of their 200 million users $1,000 a month, and then because of that, they have to charge advertisers so much more to be able to advertise on their platform, and then the advertisers have to raise the prices of their products so they can advertise on that platform that's paying those right. people that's when it's going to create a giant pinch point and that's where the government's going to step in and say, holy shit, we have to make all this stuff. When's the last time the government stopped inflation on purpose? They, they, they don't. It just happens. What, something like that would cripple the economy. I'm telling so, you. It would have a trickle, a trickle, trickle up effect where the common person is actually getting compensated, but then everything else is going up in price. So they would put a stop to this immediately. That's when the legislation would happen. <laughs> I, I, That's when meaningful legislation would happen. Nobody's suffering except for the common man right now. And the government never steps in when the common man is suffering. So I get all that. You brought up Andrew Yang, and he wants to basically give everyone $1,000. But the, the centrist in me looks at that and goes, wait a second. If you give everyone 1000 is it the same as giving nobody 1000 after inflation occurs? Have we just inflated yeah, everything? The, the entire argument, the entire argument is, is there's people that in so many places that are making so much money off the common man that they don't really actually have to raise their prices if everybody's getting handed a thousand dollars. I think it's a little different when you're talking about, let's say, raising the minimum wage to twenty dollars an hour. Then you could actually create an argument, whether it's factual or not, but you could create an argument where that is going to increase the cost of manufacturing, increase the cost of goods. But if everybody's just getting $1,000, and if that $1,000 is generated from a luxury tax at the highest earners, I, mean, I don't want to get into the whole, like, <laughs> you know, uh, the socialist aspect of it all. But, like, there's, there's too few people running away with giant bags of money at the expense 
of the people who actually make this place work. I get all that. I, I'm just not willing to say, to give up and say, all right, give me my thousand dollars and we're good because. But it's a great, it's a great illustration of what big tech is doing. Big tech is running away with just giant buckets of money on the backs of the people that are actually providing that money. It is. And I'm glad you kind of gave me the thread of thought here. So the Federal Trade Commission just fined Facebook $5 billion. And by the way, their stock is uh, doing quite well. I don't think it... Always <laughs> it does. Barely, it went down a, a bit for Cambridge Analytica, recovered, went down again, and then came back up. And so $5 billion, yeah, no big deal. Um, shoot, I totally lost my train of thought. Um, dang it. Uh Facebook, a uh, bunch of money. Paying, paying for it on the backs of the people Thank who you. are making tons of money off FTC the FTC is not done with tech, co- or at least Facebook and the rest of the tech companies because they're opening an investigation into monopolies, which I think is a part of the problem. Because when you own all the oil in the world, guess what you get to do? You set the price. You get to, you're the man or the woman. You get to determine everything. You have the power where there's money there's power. So data is the new oil. My friend Bob, he coined that term. I'm convinced of it. Um, <laughs> um, Facebook and, and data is inter- even better than oil. You know why, Bob? Or <laughs> In many ways. And I'm just going to answer the question. You can store it cheaply and you never get to, it never goes away. You can burn it all day long. Yeah, it's a, it's a non-depleting resource. Exactly. So it's better than oil in, in that sense. Now, if we go into a dystopian future, give me some oil because I ain't, spe- I ain't keeping myself warm with some data. So, um, yeah, I, I think we need to look at the, the whole monopoly problem again uh, at some point with, with big tech and... But the way that big tech is diversified within each big tech, there's competition by nature. So if Google has, well, they don't have Google Plus anymore, but that would have been competition to Facebook. People could argue that Twitter is competition to Facebook and vice versa. They can argue that Instagram is competition against Twitter. They can, uh, you know, there's tons of different arguments because there's enough tiny little overlap that in a court of law, they won't be able to prove it's a monopoly. <laughs> yes and no. So just because Google Plus failed, I call that token effort. So let's look at Facebook. When Zuckerberg was asked by Congress, who's your competition? Do you remember what he said? Yeah, I think he totally whiffed at it and said that there was tons of competition. Right, which, which is not true. Not true. So, okay, so I'm going to go one by one. So Facebook, what's their competition? I'll help you out. They don't have any. YouTube, what's their competition, Bob? YouTube's competition is Facebook. YouTube has a content publishing platform. It, Twitch, but actually Twitch is owned Am- by Google Amazon, too, isn't it? Oh, Amazon. So there you go. I, so I, Twitch and I Google. would disagree. YouTube is YouTube, Twitch, and the rest are on, on the but list, would, but they're so but far you would, down. You would disagree. But if they picked twelve people at random and put them on a jury to decide if there was, you know, a case for monopoly and lawyers were up there presenting the case. Those 12 people would be like, oh, shit, no, it seems like there's tons of competition. So would you have let Facebook acquire WhatsApp and or Instagram if you could go back in time? (sighs) 
I probably wouldn't have stopped it because at the time you just don't know. I think like, I think I think that's incorrect. Well, I think you can have your opinion. Every every but every app has direct messaging. Uh funny point, now that we're talking about that, we're using Zoom now for our two-way communication during the call or during the recording. And there's a little green lock on your video and it says Zoom is using end-to-end encryption right now. Really? So there you go. That's competition for WhatsApp as far as I'm concerned. Bob, just because I create a tic-tac-toe clone doesn't mean Milton Bradley perceives me as a threat. So I'm just saying we're not all... Totally understood. But in a court of law, if you can cite that there's competition because of feature set overlap, you're probably going to win the case. I disagree. It has to do with market share. How much market share do you have? Because if you have 90% of the market share and there is competition, you you are close. You don't have to have 100% to be a true monopoly. Well. But in social and things like that, what is the market share? Okay. All the people that are currently engaged or all the people, period? Because out of a $7.5 billion potential marketplace, 200 or 2 billion users is not, it's 25%. I get all that. So it depends. So if you look at a, a conglomerate like Alphabet slash Google, they're in a lot of things. So do you look at Google as the conglomerate or do you look at Google Maps as, you know, the, you know, you could, you could fracture that up and go, well, where's the monopoly exist? Oh, they're not a monopoly because they're in these things, yada, yada, yada. They're losing in Google plus, but they're winning in maps. I'm sure the lawyers will have a field day, but at the end of the day, I think uh, both privacy and uh, or the data collection thing and the monopolistic uh, uh, <laughs> predatory practices of all these big tech companies needs to be addressed. Clearly, I don't have the answer though. No, and I think we I think after the episode's over today, we need to go away and kind of look into what this, uh, the, you know, the, some of the data privacy initiatives that are out there, because I know at the end of the documentary, it talked about how, uh, what's her name? Brittany. Brittany is working interestingly on a campaign <laughs> for data <laughs> privacy. Yeah, but so I don't know. <laughs> Wonder what techniques they'll use for that. Um, yeah, it's just, it's all very interesting. And, you know, I've had just all kinds of mixed feelings about this because I'm not a big fan of them using my own data to manipulate me. But I feel like social engineering, which is what they're doing, is kind of just the way we all interact anyway. I just, that that part is actually really disheartening to me. To be honest. So uh, I'll make a very shocking analogy here. You can kill somebody with a knife, but you can kill somebody with a assault rifle much more efficiently. Oh, God. I can't believe you Yeah, went there. I did. So what I'm saying is <laughs> we should allow knives. We should ban assault rifles. We should allow low-level marketing and data collection. We should not allow a rat-a-tat-tat machine of data collection on the scale is what i'm saying i totally agree i just don't know how it's done i don't either because we can't solve guns in this freaking country either can we oh i thought you said sell you said solve no we cannot solve (laughs) hashtag slow internet (laughs) (laughs) yeah i but i mean (sighs) 
Yeah, I, I I get the parallel. I get the comparison. I I don't know how to fix either you know, one. Just like I mean, it, it, gambling is a vice, right? I almost feel like data collection is a vice as well. Um, if we want to do gambling, we usually opt in. We go to a casino, right? We we are knowing we're in the casino. We are, we're performing the vice. The casino doesn't come to my house and and offer a slot machine in my living room. Facebook does. And I No, but once you go to that casino, they employ the same exact tactics that Cambridge Analytica does to change your mindset. That's fair. So what you're saying, if I follow, if I go to Facebook, don't ever walk into the casino. That's what I'm and saying. And you're saying don't ever walk into Facebook. If, if, if that's yep. your expectation. Okay. All right. Hold on. I'm going to turn that one a little bit. Okay. If I walk out of Facebook, if it were a real place, the problem is you can't walk out of Facebook because as soon as you walk out of Facebook, you walk into Google. And if you try to walk out of Google, you walk into every part of the internet because Google, Facebook, etc. they all have these fucking tracking things on every website. It's, I mean... Th- well, to play out your analogy, think of Vegas. Those properties are also owned by multi, like uh, an owner will own multiple properties. I bet you they buy and sell data between the casinos too. I'm sure it's very, I'm, very much. I'm the sure, same. but I can leave Vegas in a very obvious, discreet, very well-defined way. I can't get out of data mining. There, I well, only go but f- in the same regard though. They're going to target you with emails and internet marketing too once you've been to those casinos yeah i have a spam button at least <laughs> or you know spam filter the my point is is i can turn off the casino i can't fairly easily compared to i can't turn off tracking because i need the internet to live the society has evolved to that point however you can't leave the data management bubble you are part of it no matter where you go you cannot leave you're essentially imprisoned by data collectors right and I think that's why when they're talking about data rights, I think compensation is a big factor of it because it's already there. It's already so, out. You're already sucked in. You're already in the matrix. So, Bob, if I put you in a under house arrest, you would not be happy, right? If Correct. I paid you $1,000, would you be happier? Yes. <laughs> you lie. I want my freedom. <laughs> No, because then I could buy stuff on Amazon and like yeah, you but, know, have it delivered. And <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> anyway, my point is, is you should be able to escape that bubble if you want. Because the problem is, is the data mining culture is being forced upon you, me, everyone else, my children, your children, whether we want to be in it or not. And that's what I think's wrong. We we have. To- it's totally wrong. But Professor Carroll asked for no monetary compensation. All he wanted was his data that they had. That was to prove a point, though, and he, right? And he d- well, but yes, it was to prove a point. But the fact that he only asked for the data and he didn't get it, like we're not, we're not fixing. Yeah, they this. play guilty. They're this just is like not screw. Get Let's fixed. just play guilty. <laughs> yeah, and I, I, what did they get for that? They probably got a monetary fine, and then they declared bankruptcy, so they didn't even have to pay the monetary which, fine. Exactly, which takes me to we need to hold the Seabrass criminally responsible. For when they pull that shit. You know, I was in the military. Um, They make us do push-ups. No big deal. At some point, your body gives up. But you know what really pissed us off? Just go sit. Do nothing. And take my time. That pissed everyone off. Right? (laughs) Right. So 
that's where I think jail time is 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 the answer, and that's what I think. Jail time and paying us for our data. That's what I think. Yeah, of course. Then, you know, you look back and go, wait a second. Who's going to create these laws, to your point? Because Ted Cruz, Donald Trump, et al., they're the ones <laughs> in government, and they're going to somehow support this? No, this is their means to getting reelected. So, Yeah, that actually frightens me and makes me really sad because you know that, that both sides are playing at this game. The data is going to the highest bidder. And probably more like depressing is that, you know, the end of the documentary, the guy was like, so am I a persuader? Can I, can I be manipulated? Have I been manipulated? Like that whole self doubt because they have this data and they know how to push your emotional hot buttons. That pisses well, me off. So Brittany brought up when she was testifying in front of uh, parliament or some subcommittee or whatever, she's like, this is a weapons-grade PSYOP technology that yes. we're using. Well, and that's what STL, is it STL? SCL. SCL, that was what their background was, was military propaganda. And, this, and so I was in special operations. I wasn't in PSYOP, but um, that was a, sister, a sibling uh, unit to ours. And yeah, I mean, that's their job. Their job is to change the hearts and minds of a population. And... This is the civilian version of it, and it has very direct, real consequences. Cambridge Analytica is gone. There's already a replacement, and there's also probably a litany of other ones we've never heard of yet. <laughs> yeah, Cambridge Analytica just put a name on the demon. The demon's always been there. And 2020 will have probably all of this replay itself, because this works, right? <laughs> At the end of the day, this works. It'll have it'll have. All this replay itself plus deep fakes. Mark my words. Yeah. So as much as Zuckerberg says, we're going to do better, we're going to do it. The problem is, is they take this money and they want this money and they're going to continue to take it and they're just going to justify it. And like Cambridge Analytica, who got a hold of data when they said they deleted it and they didn't actually delete it. Like to your point, once yeah. it's out there, guess what, Kevin? It's out there, <laughs> you know? Um yeah. Uh, welcome to uh, 2019, everybody. And all of the big five have it. Fang, whatever it is, they all have it. All right, Bob. Uh, uh, we need to cross any T's, dot any I's here? Nope. I just need to go drink myself into oblivion and feel really bad about this. Well, at least we finally <laughs> solved something, right? Uh, sorry, what? <laughs> I said we finally solved something, right? Did we solve anything? No, we didn't. I just, just checking. Okay. I was, whew, I was like, wait a minute. Were we on the I same podcast? I was trying podcast? to Jedi mind trick you because that's what Cambridge Analytica basically is. It's the Jedi mind trick. Exactly. You were trying to persuade exactly. me. All right. Mm. All right. Uh, one last order of business, Bob, and that is... Bring that persuader lightning. Hey. Have you ever wondered how you can get in touch with us at The Bob and Kevin Show? Well, first, you can try us via email at comments at bobandkevinshow.com. Or are you more into social? If so, you can find us on Twitter at Bob and Kevin Show. Or on Instagram as Bob and Kevin Show. That's 
Bob, the letter N, Kevin Show. And if you're still on Facebook, you can even find us at facebook.com slash Bob and Kevin Show. And for the serious business fans, you can even find us on LinkedIn at linkedin.com slash company slash the dash Bob dash Kevin dash show. How's that for a handle? Let's connect. 